All right, in a second, we're going to get into our next interview here. We're going to go ahead and get into an interview with Spruce Capital, um, Spruce Point Capital. Excited to talk about uh, kind of a short report that just came out. And it's, you know, one of the things that's always exciting is that you're always going to get some kind of swings in the market. There's always something new, right? And so whenever these kind of short reports get put out there, one thing that I like to do is just start actually diving deep into them, right? So that you can understand what Spruce Capital, uh, what Spruce Point Capital sees themselves, right? Because one thing is, you know, what they see, and then you can yourself go and do the research to see if the things add up to what, you know, clearly Spruce Point is putting out there. And that's what I always try to pay attention to when I get into these short reports. It's not necessarily, you know, that I need to go shorting this. It's more along, let me do my own research and see if it coexists. Do we both see the same thing? If we both see the same thing, that's when, I, of course, I'll go start looking at some of these stocks to maybe go ahead and get into a short myself. But let's go ahead. Let's get into it here. Like always, guys, we're going to go ahead and talk about here. This is not financial advice. This is educational purposes only. But we will be diving into a little bit more deeper dive into the short report. We'll take a look at figs coming on up. Let's go ahead. Let's dive into our next interview here as we get Ben Axler, founder and CIO, on with us right here on Stock Market Movers. All right, let's bring on Ben here. Ben Axler, founder and CIO of Spruce Point Capital Management. Glad to have you back on, Ben. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for your interest in our work. Definitely. You know, one of the things is, uh, like always, I mean, we're all looking for uh, informational edge. That's the way I refer to it. And, and, you know, that's really where it comes from. You know, there's so many talking heads and, and different areas and noise out there in the market. There's truly nothing like information and when you can actually back a thesis, right? Because anybody can talk about an opinion, buy here, sell here, but there's nothing like it when you actually have a thesis to back it up. So let's dive into a little bit more on Spruce Point Capital Management here. You guys have a proven track record of calling uh, calls out there that are kind of more in the consumer side of things. I Recently, I remember the call on Oatly. Um, so congratulations on that one. Um, and, you know, this is something that, you know, we got to pay attention to because there's always going to be new kind of consumer stocks out there that kind of, you know, I would say not deceive, but definitely kind of mislead sometimes investors to thinking a different way about their company. So let's dive into figs here. First things first, tell us what did you guys see? that you guys saw that maybe misleading investors out there? Well, thanks. So you mentioned Oatly. I mean, this has a lot of the same characteristics. I mean, this, you know, Oatly sort of latched on to the plant-based milk fad and figs, which is a, a maker of medical scrubs, had sort of a windfall and that we had COVID, right? And they took basically a commodity product and tried their best to make it a unique premium product by marketing to healthcare professionals that wanted something a little bit more comfortable, a little more stylish, different colors. Um, and also they made claims that uh, it had antimicrobial features that could uh, ward off infection and the spread, which uh, they've since retracted. But 
Um, why do we like this as a short? I mean, we think the company now has no competitive advantages. So while they were first into the space, um, marketing premium scrubs, we now have dozens of others um, that have piggybacked on their success and are now offering very similar scrubs, similar colors, similar fit. So at the end of the day, you're dealing with a company that has basically one product in one market um, that others are entering. And so, you know, we don't like that, right? We, we, we're looking for companies that have sustainable advantages. Now, the company had strong profits during COVID. Now we're seeing those profits start to recede. We're starting to see the revenue growth rate come down and we're starting to see evidence that the company's subtly warning, you know, that profits can go to losses. Um, and, and so that, that really caught our, our attention. And then, you know, you asked specifically about what do we see that's exaggerated, right? We yeah. look at the revenue. We look at the revenue number. Okay, when this was a private company, they had forecasted and said they had hundred million dollars of revenues, and then when they filed to go public, um, they stated a revenue number of fifty million dollars. So that's not that's not just a rounding error. That's an extreme exaggeration of when they were private um, to inflate their prospects. There's also this aspect of the addressable market. When companies come public, they love, love to sell investors. You know that there's a ten or twenty or hundred billion dollar market. Um, we kind of deconstruct that and look really just at the you know the people, the healthcare professionals that can use it. And we come up with more of a, a five billion dollar number. Okay, and so that that uh, you know in context of the company's current market cap of two billion dollars and a three percent market share, you know we think that's wildly overvalued. And then last point uh, before you stop me. You know, Oatly, we had mentioned a company that embellished its numbers by misclassifying certain expenses to make their gross margins look better. Um, we think uh, Figs is doing the same thing. We think they're taking distribution costs, putting in an operating expense. But when you move it up to cost of sales, you know, their gross margins are dramatically lower. And a lot of the stock promoters want you to think that they have margins on par with uh, Lululemon. And that's just not the case. So. You know, we're doing that old fashioned work, trying to come up with an informational advantage. We see signs of financial stress here with the inventories ballooning and the revenue coming down um, and a management team that um, is prone to exaggerating and inflating numbers. And that's just not a team we want to invest in. We think it's overvalued and, we're, you know, we're shorted. Definitely. So I got there. No competitive advantage. Uh, the revenue concerns there. Now, I did see recently, of course, and I'm sure a lot of investors caught it also, was billionaire investor Ron Barron, right, talking about figs. And he made comments as you haven't heard much about it, but you will soon. He called it the Lululemon of healthcare, right? Sure. Um, was he more right or wrong here? And why would you think so? Well, I mean, with all due respect to, to Ron Barron, he's, he's got a great long-term track record, but, you know, we think uh, we think it's wrong. I mean, we've shorted some other stocks. He's been a little bit overly optimistic about in the past. Um, you can look at Caesar Stone, CSTE. Um, we were shorting that in the 70s um, when he was buying it. Um, look, I mean, uh, you know, you can look at Mr. Barron's records. He, he was buying the stock in the 30s um, and the company um, has been around for over a decade. OK, bear in mind. And in fact, uh, the previous uh, Lululemon CEO had invested you know, in figs, but they cashed out um, years ago, well ahead of the IPO. So um, this notion that they're the next Lulu, I think, is aspirational. Uh, I, I would say, you know, after 10 years, you know, we don't believe they're anywhere close to Lululemon in terms of their uh, breadth of product, their distribution, their margins. I, I think it's a great way to sell, sell, sell a stock idea and sell an opportunity. But uh, we think the reality is much, uh, 
much different from um, the opportunity. Yeah, you know, one thing I always try to focus on is competitive advantage. That's really what it comes down to a lot of the times for me is and when I try to take a look at a company is look at the competition and see, do they truly have an advantage here, right? Is there something that they're doing that a competitor can't? And right. so and what you're clearly telling us is there is that there is no sustainable competitive advantage here, that maybe they might be in the limelight right now, but someone else could come in and do exactly what they're doing. Is that what you see, Ben? Yeah, I mean, look, I encourage everyone, go to their website, look at the product, right? It's, uh, it's a medical scrub, okay? It's, uh, you know, what's the diff- what, what possible points of differentiation could they have? Like maybe something a little bit more loose fitting, a different necktie, a different color, um, but these are things that are easily copied. Um, you know, they claim to have a, a, a competitive advantage in sourcing from Asia. Well, you know, a lot of, uh, apparel companies can source from Asia. There's no barriers to, to going, you know, for a competitor to go over to Asia and find a cheap source, uh, of supply and a, and a manufacturing partner. So again, I, I think, uh, the, where the rubber hits the road here is that, uh, the market's becoming saturated. They, uh, you know, they stopped disclosing their market share six months ago. That's a big thing. And, you know, we always look at the fine print. If you look at the forward looking statements, um, they retracted uh, a statement about um, future uh, profitable, uh, profitable growth. So, I mean, they're kind of giving you signs here uh, of of concern and and insiders are cashing out. And the two co-founders just bought uh, large mansions in Beverly Hills and, uh, you know, sort of trophy properties. So, you know, we question their engagement. Um, We go to the career website. You can kind of see there's only... They're only hiring uh, maybe two, you know, 20 people. Um, this is not a company that's on the verge of becoming the next Lulu. Otherwise, they'd be hiring thousands of people, right? Um, they're, they're, they're not really growing much here. So um, you kind of look at all these data points and you, you kind of say, you know, at a four time, almost four times revenues here, um, a lot of other direct to, direct to consumer peers, uh, you know, some of which are profitable are trading at, uh, you know, 1.2 to 1.3 times revenues. You know, you put the same multiple, uh, on this stock and, and you get uh, 60% downside. Yeah, that's what I was going to point to at the end, right? Is what do you guys see the downside? And so you're saying there about 60%, uh, that would bring it down somewhere, let's say close towards $5, $6. And so we're looking at somewhere in there, it's at 11.27 right now. So just kind of doing a little rough estimate to take a look at it. But this company has been going straight down since the beginning, right? It's not like this, this has been kind of a, a stock that, you know, has had, you know, even a pandemic run, right? right. I mean, uh, yeah. I think if this company would have came out maybe in the pandemic, maybe we would have been talking about some different pricing, but it just IPO'd just last year, July, uh, June 27th, right? Um, yeah. Do you feel that this was kind of more of a, a timing issue on why they're not being so appreciated by the market? Or do you feel this is exactly what it is? It's just they're looking into the business and not saying much. Yeah, I mean, look, we, this company would be private, we think, if not for the, you know, the pandemic and the story um, that they could sell here. I mean, we, we, you know, we've kind of point to the structure of the company, right? The, the, they brought in a CFO, a very seasoned, accomplished one from Domino's Pizza. He, he left le- less than a year uh, right before the audit uh, would have to be done for the end of the year. He forfeited six million of compensation. You know, the current CFO, um, we think, has no other public company experience. Um, again, the two co-founders. You know, they now have vanity properties. We don't know how engaged they are. We just don't see this as a, a company that that is structured in a way that's going to, you know, bring, uh, you know, future uh, revenue acceleration and profit acceleration and become that next Lulu that some people hope for. So um, we just kind of see this 
company. You know, again, we're forward looking. We're looking out 12 months. We're reading the tea leaves. Uh, we see a, pro a company that, that was making profits on the that's going to be on the verge of losing money. Um, and when we think that happens is when you'll start to see that stock make fresh new lows here. Perfect. Now, the last thing, I'll just leave the window kind of open for you to talk about any other plays that you guys have put on short reports, uh, any, any updates you would like to give on Skechers, Generac, or maybe some other plays. Yeah, I mean, look, um, look since uh, since we last talked, obviously, the Fed has taken a more hawkish tone with markets. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you really um, I, I think, you know, the lows are not in for the market here. We are in an unprecedented period where uh, we've had a shock to the system with rates moving so high. And, you know, you really now have to discriminate against well-positioned companies that have defensible moats um, and ones that um, were short-term beneficiaries of COVID and or, you know, had some noise that made their stock um, go up. Now we're really going to be looking at, you know, who has real profits, who have real businesses, and what can, what can sustain a, a retrenchment of consumer spending and housing. I mean, you mentioned Gen Genrac, obviously they make uh, residential generators, backup generators for homes. Well, you know, if your home value uh, is going down 10, 20%, that $10,000 discretionary generator isn't as attractive of a purchase, you know, as it was six months ago. And, and we've also had a pretty mild um, hurricane season here. So we're still, you know, we're still constructively negative and short on Genrac. And uh, uh, anything, again, anything consumer discretionary, whether it be a Skechers, whether it be a, a, a Figs, whether it be a Genrac, you know, we're, we're still short, we're, we're short and constructively negative on. Excellent. I appreciate you coming on today. Ben Axler, founder and CIO of Spruce Point Capital Management. And it's something that we'll definitely keep on watch to see how the stories of Figs develop. And of course, your other short reports that are out there. We appreciate you coming on and we'll definitely have you back, Ben. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you.